Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Oh, yeah! Welcome back to another episode of Tube Talk presented by vidIQ. I am your host, Viper, the man about tech, executive producer of social media here at the IQ. And it would appear that I have regained 100% of my voice. So that is definitely legit. But before I get into the shenanigans of the podcast, I want to shout out some Tube Talk tweets. We got a couple from my man, John Scott, who is actually an editor for one of our vidIQ very own here, Travis MCP. John has been listening to some past Tube Talk episodes. Apparently, he was listening to the episode that I did with Roberto Blake when uh, he thought that Roberto Blake actually followed him on Twitter. So shout out to John and Roberto for that. Also, uh, John, listen to the uh, episode that I just did, giving you all my thoughts from Ben Summit. So I appreciate John shouting us out on Twitter and listening to those episodes. Also, we got a couple of tweets from Tim from Wells. And Tim is uh, curious if he can do anything to improve the discoverability of a podcast or podcast episode besides promoting it on other social media channels. I don't know if there's too much other you can do, Tim. As long as you're promoting on all your social channels and things like that, I think that's probably the best that you can do. Just make people aware of the podcast that you enjoy, or if you're doing your own podcast, try to promote it on as many social channels as you can and uh, let the rest take care of itself. But I think you are doing an amazing job of promoting. So uh, just keep up the good work, my dude. Also, he, uh, he showed some analytics from one of his recent videos, and he credits VidIQ and Tube Talk with providing him the information to put out great content that is not clickbait. So shout out to Tim from Wells and the performance of that recent video. And he also just passed the 2,000 subscriber milestone. So again, congratulations to Tim from Wells for passing that milestone. Awesome to see you grow, my dude. And uh, appreciate you all rocking with vidIQ. And uh, hopefully uh, we can continue to provide value to you and all our listeners out there. Something that we say or do on the podcast or the channel or all of our social channels can give you guys some help and understanding and how to grow your channels and continue on your creator journey. Speaking of YouTube... They just announced a new feature on the platform and they are calling it Handles. So right now you can like add a different YouTube channel or add another YouTube channel by just typing the at symbol and then typing in that channel name. And then you will have that channel highlighted and then it'll become a hot link. So you can do this like in the title or the description or whatever. So if I want to uh, shout out MKBHD or at MKBHD or at Marquette Brownlee, because I think the channel is called Marquette Brownlee on YouTube. If you were to click on that at, it will go directly to the channel. It seems like now YouTube is expanding this and they're calling it handles and they are allowing creators to pick and choose their own handles. And these handles will now be able to be added to the back of your URL. So instead of youtube.com slash the man about tech, let's say I just wanted to choose the handle of Mantech. Basically, my YouTube channel would literally become youtube.com slash at Mantech. And that handle will work in the URL. It's also going to be present on the channel pages and on YouTube Shorts. And obviously, they're going to be extending it out to more areas of the platform as, the, as they take time to develop the feature. But I feel like this is a great way for creators to communicate with each other. Us being allowed to choose our own handles and being able to use them across the platform makes it that much easier. Since we don't really have a way to direct message each other on the platform anymore, handles should come in handy, making it easier to communicate. Now, where I would love to see these handles applied is in live stream, whether that be desktop or especially mobile. Because right now, if you're listening to a live stream or watching a live stream on mobile, you cannot at anybody. 
if you're watching a live stream on a desktop, you can add somebody in the live chat as long as they're present in the live chat. So I would love for you to, to take these handles and apply them to mobile and have them work when you're watching a live stream mobile so we can add other channels during a live chat on a mobile device. It will make communication so much better as it relates to communicating via live chat on mobile devices. So hopefully this is just the early days of the feature. That is not a thing yet, but that's something that I've talked to you to myself about. And that's something that I hope that they, they will expand upon and make this available to live stream on mobile devices. So I love that YouTube is constantly innovating and coming up with features to make creators' lives easier. And hopefully they will continue to make these features and continue to innovate and do better things with handle, with the way that creators can monetize and all the ways that they try to make our lives as creators much easier for those of us who are using the YouTube platform. On today's podcast, we have a digital marketer, TikToker, YouTuber. His name is Austin Armstrong, and he has a wild story to tell. He went from 5,000 to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube in three days because of his short form content. So he's coming on the podcast here in a moment to tell that story and talk about how he built his business on TikTok and YouTube and give us some tips and tricks for growing a business, growing a channel and different things like that. So let me shut up and bring on Austin and let's roll to the podcast. Welcome back to Tube Talk presented by VidIQ. And this week we have a very special guest. We have a digital marketer, TikToker, YouTuber, Austin Armstrong is in the building. What's up, sir? How you doing, man? Hey, my man. I am doing well. I am uh, truly blessed. I'm just happy to be here. I am happy to have you here because you have an outrageous story to tell. And we're definitely going to get into that. But thank you for making the time, sir. Appreciate you. Absolutely. We're going to dive deep into it. I'm excited. Yes, sir. So, First thing I need some clarification on from you, Austin. Mm -hmm. When I go to your YouTube channel and I check out your about section, it says that you are trying to teach people how to use TikTok for marketing, which tells me that you are on TikTok first. Then you transitioned over to YouTube or maybe you're doing both at the same time. But am I correct in assuming that you were first a TikToker? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been doing video for Many, many years, like eight years. But the platform that really took off for me was TikTok. So it's been about three years now. It actually has been three years. I got started in uh, October of 2019 on the platform. I immediately was attracted to short form vertical video, which has now been mass adopted by every platform. For me, it was so much more difficult to create long form content. It still is, right? It's a difficult thing. But it was so easy for me to just jump all in on TikTok to start creating content and talking about all the digital marketing and educational stuff that I still share today and just crank out as much content as possible. And uh, I proved that you could use TikTok to grow a business for my business first. And then we started rolling out those services once we had our repeatable process in place for other businesses as well. And uh, it's been a journey, my friend. It's been an exciting one. And I've leveraged my success on TikTok to start growing on other social media platforms because they've been pushing vertical video content so heavily right now. Absolutely. So how big is your following currently on TikTok right now? 620 something thousand. Woo, okay. So what businesses are you trying to promote on TikTok? Like what exactly is your business that you're doing there? 
So we're a digital marketing agency. We really specialize now in TikTok strategy and implementation and search engine optimization. So we started as an SEO agency, everything that's involved in that content writing, keyword strategy, link building, posting optimization and whatnot. But because of the success that we've had on TikTok and, and vertical video in general, I grew a team around that. So we do everything from helping businesses with their TikTok and vertical video content strategy, coaching them on calls on how to condense complex information into a 30 second video, because that's difficult sometimes. Right. Uh, and then we actually edit the videos and we post them for them. So my value prop for that is you be the expert that you are, we'll handle the rest. That is pretty awesome. So you've been doing TikTok for three years, but as I alluded to earlier, at some point you transitioned over to doing the same thing on YouTube. So mm -hmm. when did you start that process of making the move to YouTube? So basically as soon as YouTube shorts rolled out, which I guess is how, how long has that been now? About 2020 when you started. 2020, two years, yeah. And uh, there was a lot of failures uh, along the way. I had uploaded... 600 shorts and none of them did any more than I think 10,000 views was the absolute cap for my channel. So I was doing it pretty early on. I wanted to do it and I just got zero, zero traction and I've learned a lot along the way. And I'm sure we'll deep dive into, into that mindset shift. But really when, when everything exploded was when they permanently banned my TikTok account. And uh, you can only hear this, but I'm, I'm throwing the quotes up because it was not, in fact, permanent, even though they labeled that. I did get my uh, TikTok account back, but I had said during that time, okay, TikTok deleted me. I'm going to use this time productively, not to just sulk and be upset, but to go on the offense rather than the defense. So I said, okay, I'm, I'm really going to figure this YouTube shorts thing out. So I went all in on YouTube shorts. And it worked okay. pretty quickly. Getting into that, because obviously that's one of the main reasons why we invite you on the podcast is because this story is wild. So in the process of you doing YouTube and going all in on YouTube shorts, mm -hmm. somehow, Austin, you went from 5,000 YouTube subscribers to 100,000 in a matter of three days. So please tell my listeners what the hell happened, because that is like the dream, like yeah. How did that come? Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. So just another quick story here. It happened so fast that I actually got my play button before my channel was monetized. <laughs> okay. That's funny. That's hilarious. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Cause I, I had the subscribers, but I didn't have the watch time on the channel. So now I'm at uh, 377,000 subscribers, by the way. So it's still growing pretty quick. What happened was I had, uh, epiphany of rather than uploading every single video that I was creating content for uh, over to YouTube shorts, I was much more intentional. So my content strat and titles was a big part of this too. So I was, I was doing really specific videos like three backlinking strategies to increase your domain authority and help you rank higher on Google and like stuff like that. And that's a really specific video right? Like you have to know uh, what a backlink is. You have to know what domain authority is. You have to care about SEO. You have to have a website. And I gave 
the information of the video away in the title, which I have since learned is probably not the best strategy. You want to cause intrigue, not just give it away, because then it, the question is, do I want this or do I not want this? Not, well, what is it? Right. And so when I had that little epiphany, I, I stopped uploading everything and I was way more intentional. And I only uploaded the most viral videos that I was getting on TikTok, which is useful websites. These are the five most useful websites on the internet. These five websites feel illegal to know. Information, opening hooks, and titles like that, because it, it causes intrigue. They see that in the shorts shelf as they're, as they're swiping through, that powerful opening hook there, or they see that title, and it causes them to go, well, well wait a minute, what are these websites? What is going to happen here? It makes the viewer ask themselves all of these questions. And just doing that in about a week, five or six days, uh, the first one blew up. And it got, it's now at uh, 15 million uh, views that short today. It was gaining about a million views a day. Uh, it was just exploding like crazy. Interesting thing here was it's a 49 second video, by the way. It's not super short. At the end of that video, I have a specific call to action. It's an interesting video. It's me like kind of talking to myself. It's like a conversation. So I took a unique, a unique spin on that format, but applied a unique aspect that I was talking about in, in my content of creating useful or showing useful websites. Right. So I took that in the, the last frame in the, in the video is you just earned yourself another follower. And this was a video I downloaded from TikTok, by the way. But that video exploded and it seemed to unlock the shorts algorithm for my channel. So all of the other similar videos that I had on that subject matter of useful websites started to explode as well, not from suggested, but from shorts. So it's like YouTube discovered what audience is interested in my content, created like a lookalike audience or something, and sh started to show all my backlog content in there. So one video just unlocked the channel and all of these other videos started to blow up and I just doubled down. Yeah, I took a look at your channel before we came on the podcast. And yeah, you have a lot of videos that say uh, most useful websites. And obviously, that's what you want to do. When you have a viral piece of content like that, that YouTube recognizes, we tell creators all the time, make more of that. If that's what you are trying to be known for. And clearly, that is what you're trying to be known for as a digital marketer. You want to help people access the most useful websites and you double down on it. And it has done major work for your channel for sure. This episode of Tube Talk is brought to you by vidIQ's channel audit tool, a sort of report card for how your YouTube channel has been performing. When you're in your YouTube studio, the channel audit tool can be found on the left-hand side once you've installed vidIQ on either your Chrome or Firefox browser. As long as you've authenticated your channel, clicking on channel audit will give you a bird's eye view of your videos from the last 30, 60, or even 90 days. I personally use this tool to look for patterns with my content. What types of videos are currently getting the most views per hour? Which videos drove a lot of viewers to subscribe? What types of videos are my competitors creating and how do mine compare? What are the search terms bringing people to my channel in the first place? And if this is sounding like a lot of questions, well, that's probably because I ask too many questions. But that's why I love this tool, because I can get answers to all of them and more. You can access the channel audit tool for free when you download the vidIQ extension at vidIQ.com. So here's my next question, because we know that YouTube recently announced that they're trying to build the bridge between short form and long form content. So when your shorts exploded, you don't only have just shorts on the channel, you have long form content too. 
do you notice or have you noticed your long form content now getting more views because of the explosion of the short form videos on your channel? Yeah, absolutely. And not just the older videos, but I've pivoted my long form content strategy to create content on the same subject matter as my short content. And that's got, that's starting to go up really well. So my baseline before was like a couple hundred views the first couple of days. Now it's thousands of views in the first couple of days. And it's not just from the subscribers, but the, the views paying attention to the analytics, they're actually coming from browse uh, and suggested and, and search. It's actually boosting it up in, in search results pretty quickly as well. So it, it has been working. I've been doing a couple tricks as well. Like when my shorts started to blow up, I would link in the description of that short and pin a comment, a long video. Cause I had other uh, long videos already on 10 useful websites for X, Y, and Z or 10 websites students need to know about stuff like that. So I would pin that. I would leave that uh, a link to that video with a little call to action in the description of the video right at the top above the fold before they have to click like show more to expand the description. And I would pin that comment. And that was a really early way that I was driving people from shorts over to my long form content. That is pretty brilliant. Posting the link to your long form and the pin comment and the description. Obviously, awesome, man. Definitely. Thank you. Here's the other thing about short form content, as you know, especially as it relates to TikTok. A lot of times we talk about TikTok and trying to get their TikTok following over to YouTube. And, you know, sometimes that's difficult if you only make long form content on YouTube. But obviously you make short form content on YouTube. So my question to you, Austin, is have you been able to somehow get your TikTok following over to your YouTube channel? Or have you found that a tough sledding? Uh, how's that been going for you? To be honest, it, it hasn't been that good. Just telling people to come over from TikTok was not the most effective strategy. Probably the only reason I had 5,000 subscribers was because I was doing a little bit of that, to be honest. I have a, a fairly large following across all of the major social media platforms now because I'm, I'm leveraging these vertical videos and I have my YouTube channel linked in all of them. I've had some success of teasing long form content. So condensing what a long form YouTube video is about and really shrinking that down into a hook value call to action style video on TikTok and saying, you can watch the whole thing on my YouTube channel, something like that. Uh, but just having it linked on your TikTok page, the little social media icon where you can link your YouTube channel and or your Instagram account will drive some people over. But really the better way to do it, I think, is just download your best TikTok videos that, uh, you know, download them watermark free and just upload them natively onto YouTube shorts. You're going to get way better results uh, from organically leaning into YouTube shorts than you are to pull people from TikTok over, just in my humble opinion. I would tend to agree with that as well. It's very difficult to get people from one platform to another platform. Agreed. What you said, like just basically taking your TikTok content and repurposing it for YouTube and vice versa, I think that's probably the best way to go about it as well. Agreed. Which brings me back to what you're doing with YouTube Shorts. How many YouTube Shorts do you post a day or a week or what's your short strategy? Yeah, right now I'm doing one per day as best as I can. Wow. You know, life gets in the way a little bit. I was at a conference all week, so I, I was a little bit more limited of how many I could record because uh, they just don't look as good when you're when you're in a hotel room versus your your home set up. But I try to do one a day, seven days a week is my primary. You get more views on that one video than if you were to do two or three. 
when that first video exploded, I was hitting it hard. I was going crazy. Uh, but I think it's a little unsustainable too to upload, you know, three videos a day, every single day. That leads to a lot of burnout. And that's an important aspect of consistency as well as making sure that you can consistently commit to something. So I, I've brought it down to one per day and that's been working really well for me. One a day. Okay. And here's the other thing. So we've been having a lot of conversation lately about how as a creator who does short form content, it's kind of hard to build that strong audience because the content is so quick that it's difficult for the viewer to get a solid connection with the creator. So you as a businessman trying to use these platforms to funnel uh, leads to your business, I feel like it's kind of important to establish that bond with potential viewers to get those people to go check out your business and what you're doing. So with you hammering in on short form content with the inherent barriers that I just mentioned, how are you using the short form content to get those people to check out your marketing business? Because I, again, it's a little bit harder when you're doing that short form content to establish those bonds with a viewer. Absolutely. So there, there's a couple things that I'm doing. A big part of my long form strategy too is I'm, I'm actually leveraging the community tab on YouTube a lot. Ooh, so everyone okay. loves a good poll, right? So I will almost every day or, or definitely a couple times a week, I will do a new poll and I'll ask people on my next long form YouTube video, what would you like me to do a video about? And I'll give them a couple options. And the last one is like other, leave a comment about it. And so that's been really useful for me too, you know, to build trust and, and authority with the audience that I'm getting from shorts, but also transitioning them to my long form content because they feel like they got a say in the channel. They're building this with me. They're sharing with me what they would like to learn about so that I can make that video for them. And then they, you know, feel special, like they voted for this and I gave it to them. So that's been really helpful. Leveraging the description and the pinned comment features, again, is how I drive a lot of leads from YouTube. So right now, it's more so been these useful websites don't really get me clients, but it's a top of the funnel approach. And I have a couple reasons for that. One is I'm building an affiliate marketing engine right now. So a lot of the useful websites that I share, uh, I make it really easy for them to get a list of those websites. Uh, that's actually my email opt-in. So people have been asking me for months, if not a year, how can I get access to this big list? You share so many, I haven't been able to mark all of them down. So I took that and I'm like, okay, well, people are asking for this. I ask for an email in exchange for this, and that's been huge. So I drive everybody into an email list. I give them that list of all of the useful websites that I share. I happen to be an affiliate for 30 or 40 of them. That drives a lot of recurring affiliate marketing revenue. The email drip campaign sequence sells them through our funnel of digital marketing courses and done-for-you uh, services from our agency as well. But because this is top of the funnel content for me, a lot of the websites that I share are for business owners and entrepreneurs. They're websites that will help you enhance or grow your business online. And then I make it really cl clear through my profile and supplemental content and some of my longer form content that what we do is a done for you agency. So 
if you want to use these websites or if you want to grow your business online, leveraging SEO or leveraging vertical video, you're going to think of me first as the first person that you think about to take that off of your plate and, and do it. I've always been a lead by example type of business owner because I saw, I digress here for just a quick second, but I started my company as a social media agency that there were so many other agencies out there that they never had any social media following themselves. They would say that they did YouTube, but they don't have a YouTube channel. They say they would do Instagram or, or TikTok, but they don't have any following themselves. So how do they really know that this works? They're relying on third-party stuff. So I wanted to flip that script and say, I know this works because I've used it to grow my own business. So all of these elements really together I know I went off on a lot of tangents there, but a lot of this all comes together because they know me, they like me because of my content, and they trust me because I've done it for myself. And when they're ready to make that purchase and have somebody do this for them, take it off their plate so they can save all of that time, I've already done all of this, so I'm the logical choice for them to hire. There are few things in life better than leading by example and show that the things that you are selling and teaching, you have done and you have the proof for them to see it. So nothing like that for sure. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to something that you were talking about just now, and that is the email list. I've heard a few people talk about the importance of an email list and why they will live and die on the hill that we as creators should have an email list. So can you please explain to my listeners why you feel like an email list is so important? Yeah, because it's the only thing that you can control. <laughs> All of these platforms are rented space. Like I mentioned earlier, my TikTok channel with 600,000 followers, they deleted it. I was fortunate to get that back. But so many other, uh, you know, I do tons of TikTok coaches that they are only on TikTok. They haven't even leveraged any other platforms. If what happened to me, which my content's not even remotely controversial, if what happens to me happens to them, their business is screwed. That's just, we just rent this space. So, and building an email list is the only way that you retain 100% control over your audience. So it's so important and you can use it for everything. You can automate it into a drip campaign that just sells for you passively. So all you need to do is create content and it just funnels people in. You can share updates. You can promote your YouTube videos and drive a ton of uh, people from your email list that are interested in that subject matter over to your YouTube videos. You can cross promote all of your other social media accounts. You can promote anything that you that you want to do. There's just so many so many reasons why an email list is important, but I th I think the most important is is that it is the only thing that we can control. Yeah, I definitely heard people like Roberto Beck talk about the, having that essence of control, and like you said, the email list definitely gives you that control. Like you said, if that, in case something happens to the platform that you're on, like you unfortunately got your TikTok account banned, you have that email list to fall back on with those people, and you have that control. So. I can definitely understand why that would be important for you. So I got to add that, you know, you don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but did TikTok explain to you why they banned your TikTok channel or how did that happen? I, I wish they would, man. There was absolutely no clarification or communication at all. I'll go into the whole thing because uh, I, I believe in transparency and, and maybe this will help someone. They cited it as community guideline violations. I have thoroughly read those community guideline violations 10 plus times. When a video gets taken down on the platform, they will cite it for a specific community guideline violation. Even if their description 
of that community guideline violation does not meet anything in regards to that video. Now, what happens on an account on TikTok is the more often that a video gets taken down, the more restrictions get put on your account. So after a couple of them in a relatively short amount of time, you'll get put into a a view only mode, which basically means you can't comment, you can't upload any videos, you can't live stream. All you can do is, is view TikTok. And I believe it starts at 24 hours and then it goes up to three days and then it goes up to seven days and then it goes up to 14 days and then it'll just delete your account if this happens. And so what happened to me is videos from years ago, like really old content would just randomly get flagged and taken down for some community guideline violation. So I don't know if this is an algorithm update or if someone, people were just mass reporting videos, jealous, similar content creator, you never know, right? Probably my biggest problem with TikTok is there's not enough staff and there's too much content going up. So they can't manually review everything, right? So they're relying on these algorithms. So if a video gets reported or a video gets taken down, flagged, whatever, and then you submit an appeal and it gets restored, you still have that violation on your account, regardless if the video gets restored or not. And that I think is a huge, I'm very vocal about this. That's why I went down this rabbit hole here for a second. That's a glaring issue on TikTok's part that they need to fix. But yeah, I did everything that I can. I made a really loud splash online. Right. So many amazing content creators. I love the creator community because we're all in this together. So many people wrote emails uh, on my behalf to TikTok. People were creating videos. People were DMing them and tagging them on Instagram and Twitter and other social media. I submitted legal requests and uh, they didn't even tell me that the account had gotten restored. I just uh, would religiously check like three times a day to see if the account was back up. And one day it was, they didn't even send me an email about it. And I find that a little ridiculous. That's probably one of the biggest things I have with these platforms, especially YouTube. Although YouTube has gotten a lot better recently with communicating and communicating with creators, but yeah. These platforms can take actions against your channel yeah. and they won't even tell you why. They won't give you any yeah. reason. And then you have to go dig through the internet to figure out how to even appeal the actions that they've taken against you. It's, just, it's a mess. It's, it's a whole mess. Agreed. So you are a digital marketer and you have built your channel with the premise of helping people in their digital marketing and SEO journeys. So I'm curious, as you've been doing it for long enough that you see other channels and creators try to position themselves and build businesses. What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see newer creators make as it relates to setting up their channel to be a successful business? Well, if we're talking about shorts in particular, I'll go broader, but with shorts in particular, there's no time to introduce yourself and your background. The attention span on them is is terrible. So you have to immediately deliver on the value of what you're talking about. Because in general, most people don't care who you are. Sorry for the blunt truth there. They care about the benefit that you can offer them, the value that you can provide. And that's really it. So I think make your content across the board, not just on YouTube, but every channel that you do, long form content or short form content, take yourself out of the picture. Yeah. You know, It's not about you, it's about the viewer. Yeah. So how can you change the viewer's life or perspective with every video that you put out or every piece of information? How can you go above and beyond to provide them with incredible value? 
One of the best mindset shifts for marketing that I had learned is that don't hold back your best stuff. Give your best information away for free. And this might sound counterintuitive and, and, and there might be some people like listening in their cars right now that are like, no, I can't give my best information away for free. But let me tell you why this works. Because they're going to trust you more because you're not holding anything back. They feel like you're giving them information. And the reality here is even if you give people the keys to the castle, they're not going to unlock that door. They're not going to do it themselves because they need to be held accountable. They don't want to take the time to invest in everything that you're telling them to do. They want it specific for their life or their business or their industry. They want these steps in a particular order. They want all of this stuff that you can help them work you know, one-on-one or if they hire your business. That's one of the biggest shifts as well as, as mindset shifts is I just think people hold back too much. I think if you just give more away for free and you care more about what your audience is going to take away from that content, it's going to change your business dramatically. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because obviously when you say don't be afraid to give away your best content for free, that is counterintuitive to a creator who's trying to make money. Right. But this is funny because I talk to creators about this a lot too, as far as not being afraid to work for free in the beginning, because working for free in the beginning can literally get you paid down the road. And it's kind of the same thing that you're talking about here. Don't be afraid to give away your best content starting out because that could lead people to want to pay you for more down the road. So it makes perfect sense to me. Viper, can I drill on something that you just said there? Because it really it really resonated with me. Oh, absolutely. Let go. It's okay to work for free when you're just getting started. I don't have a traditional path. I didn't go to college. I was a terrible student. I stumbled into a digital marketing agency a long time ago, and I worked for free. I was an unpaid intern. Did that for months to learn the craft, to get my foot in the door. That led me to you know, working hard, becoming a paid intern, to eventually becoming a part-time employee, to becoming a full-time employee. My boss is now my business partner. And just this month, I made my first million dollars. So it's okay to play that long game and work for free because you know, don't be selfish. Don't be you know, stingy with your... You can put a value on your time, absolutely. But forecast ahead and get that vision and allocate your time strategically because it's okay to start at that free part to learn knowledge and experience. Just wanted to quickly say that. You are absolutely right. Again, a lot of people have this negative mindset about working for free because they feel like their time is valuable. And yes, your time is valuable. But like you said, working for free can create opportunity for you that you might not see in the short term. But sometimes you have to think about the long term. If you Mm -hmm. want longevity, if you want to stick around for a while, then you have to be willing to do things in the short term that will provide for you down the road in the long term. So don't be so short-sighted, people. Don't be so short-sighted. Absolutely. So before we get you out here, Austin, I'm curious if you have any advice for creators who want to be doing something similar to like you and building their channels as a business or, or trying to think about starting out and building the foundation for their TikTok or their YouTube or their Instagram, whatever it is. They want to build the foundation with the mindset of starting a business or making money. What would be your best advice for creators that want to build a business ultimately? Yeah, such a good question. It all starts with your customer. So really define as clearly as you can a buyer persona of who you want to reach. What what do they look like? What are their what's their age range? What's their demographic? What are their emotional needs, desires? What are their hobbies? 
you know, who else do they follow online? All of these elements will help you define a very clear buyer persona that you can filter all of your content decisions through and then create content around the pain points and emotional desires and the wants and needs of that buyer persona, because it's going to far better resonate with that individual person. Again, go above and beyond, provide as much free information as you can, and then make it really simple for them to be able to contact you, sign up for your email list, whatever you're building, or buy your product or or service. Starts with the customer, deliver incredible free value, and make it really easy for them. Just a really simple journey. Wow. I love that whole buyer persona thing. When I talked to Leron about this, I think he called it psychographic, but just knowing what your intentional customer, knowing what they want, what they like, what they're into, uh, what else they're watching, so important in order to meet their buying needs. Great insight, man. Great insight. Thank you. Austin Armstrong, it's been amazing having you on the podcast, man. Thank you for being here. Uh, if people want to follow you, where are the best places to follow you at, man? Oh, what an honor. I've been listening to this show for years, actually. So to just be on this show is a, is a dream come true. You can find me across the board at, at Socialty Pro. If you want to connect with me on YouTube and, and see what I'm doing, that'd be a great place for you to start. Man, absolutely, y'all. Definitely check him out. I mean, you heard the fire that the man dropped on the podcast. So if you want more than fire, check out Socialty Pro on YouTube. Thank you again, Austin. Appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. I will be back next week with another episode of Tube Talk presented by Vid IQ. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk brought to you by Vid IQ. Head over to vidiq.com slash tube talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video making day.